We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Home and home. Only 8% of you can be happy with an X succeeding. We asked you at RDC Home and Home, are you happy when X's have success? Could be in relationships, could be in jobs, and could be in the case of sports fans. Can Eagles fans root for Andy Reid's success? Patriots fans root for Jimmy D, Jimmy G to have success? Again, 8%. 8% say no, they cannot be happy. The overwhelming favorite is depends on the person. Yeah, it depends on the situation. If you got dumped or if they dumped you. It's a hump day home and home, radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Got to check them out. The smartest way to hire in 2020 and beyond. We'll get into the X conversation with Jason Garrett, Mike McCarthy, but we start this half hour with baseball discussion. Derek Jeter, one vote shy of the second player all time to be a unanimous Hall of Fame selection. He does not join his teammate, Mariano Rivera, also in Larry Walker, former Expo, former Colorado Rocky, of course, career 313 hitter. The right choice was made by the writers. The wrong choice was made by John Heyman, who did not vote for Larry Walker. We'll talk to him in just a moment. But, Ross, we start with the Derek Derek Jeter conversation. And what should we do once we learn that one writer that did not vote for Jeter? And how in the world, in an era where everything is polarized, where 89% of Republicans favor the job Trump is doing and only 7% of Democrats do. That is an all-time record for political polarization. How in the world does Derek Jeter have no haters? Explain that to me. Well, he evidently does have one hater or at least someone that hates him enough not to vote for him. Look, he did a really good job of during his career of being classy and always saying and doing the right things. It was uncanny. And it almost got to a point where it was so established that like at that point, I wonder how much it was like protected. You know what I mean? It was like he had such a sterling reputation, which is so hard to do that I think at that point, You know, people didn't want that reputation to get ruined in any way. Doesn't he famously, like, have, like, a fruit basket or something for women that he uh, had relations with or something like that, right? Yeah, it was was gift baskets. Yeah, gave the ladies gift baskets as sort of a thank you and perhaps a let's keep this quiet and allegedly even had, like, autographed items <laughs> from he the baseball player one of the brilliant moves all time never gave a lady a gift basket you <laughs> no <laughs> no my question is how many gift baskets did he have at a time and how did that work did he just open up this one room and yeah, pick out one of the gift baskets <laughs> I, I would love to know the mechanics 
You don't want to book a guest. The millennials want to show what they got. Book one of the women that Derek Jeter was with. That's who I want on the show. I want to know the whole routine, the whole exit. Because I heard that there was like a three-person screening process to even talk to him. Like, you know, there would be one guy that would like talk to this girl if Jeter, if she caught Jeter's eye. And then if she got past that guy, then Jeter's like guy would like talk to her and kind of vet her and make sure like everything was going to go smoothly and that there'd be no issues afterwards. And then Jeter would start talking to her. I got to tell you, are you a stud if you if, if they went through a three-step process to get to you? Or is it like, come on, dude, that, you're not a stud at that point. Judging by the fact that he was a New York Yankee and has no haters other than one writer, judging by the fact that he got standing ovations in Boston at the time of his retirement, he's a stud. I mean, it's impossible to have unanimous support in this country right now. I mentioned the political numbers, but we don't agree on anything. We don't agree today in 2020 that the sky is blue outside my window. We'd argue about that over the table. So whatever he's done, whatever spell he cast over the ladies, over the fans, and over the media as well, we are the worst. Like, I mean, we are the most polarized sports media we've ever been. So he is absolutely a stud for the way he pulled it off. I have to wonder, though, why did that one writer vote against him? Was he trying to prove a point? Was it the, I don't know if you remember Dan Lebitard, ESPN personality, who had his Hall of Fame vote pulled because he thought the process was so ridiculous, he farmed it out to the readers and to the to the people that click on deadspin.com. He had his vote pulled. I think depending on the rationalization of this voter, we should absolutely have that person's vote pulled unless he has a really excellent explanation. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not really in favor of that. What I think is like groupthink, like the guy has a a, a vote a vote for a reason. And he has his reason. Now, now I, I do think it would be interesting to hear what his reasoning would be. And I would submit to you, I think all voting in all sports should be transparent. And I think it'd be a hell of a lot more interesting. You know, and if you don't want that, right, you don't want the negativity that you would get, then don't have a vote, right? Like if you can't handle the heat, Get your ass out the kitchen. We're on a mission. It's called transparency. I want to know who people vote for. I'll tell you who I vote for for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Give me a vote. I'll tell you who I have on the AP All-Pro team. Give me a vote. I got no problem telling you. And if their fans hit me up on Twitter, they already do. I don't give a shit. Go for it. I don't like the, well, we can't say, we can't have it public because then, then some of their fans will get some negative feedback. Yeah, dude. Welcome to the world. Welcome to Milky Way Galaxy. That's what it's like down here. You get criticism. You get heat. Like, come on. Give me a break. And I and I think, look, if this guy never comes out and admits he didn't vote for Jeter, I think he's a coward. What, what he really should do, he should milk it for all it's worth. 
go on every show in the country. Be like, yeah, look, I, I, I think unanimous is very special. And I don't think Derek Jeter is worthy of being unanimous. And that's obviously what the guy thinks. And honestly, you look at some of the other people that weren't unanimous. He's not better than those people. So if the argument is, I was a big Ken Griffey Jr. guy or whoever guy, and they weren't unanimous, so Jeter doesn't get to be unanimous. That's like that's totally a spite vote. I can live with it though. I I I mean, Dave, you're the one that says you spite your exes and everything. You could maybe <laughs> if somebody this guy loves Ken Griffey Jr. or maybe maybe the guy loves Mariano Rivera, and and wanted Rivera to be the only guy to ever be unanimous. I actually think that's an okay reason. And that was one of the questions I had. I thought this writer would want to be out there for publicity, but I think that explanation would be okay with uh, the other writers. If you feel like Mariano Rivera is the standard and Derek Jeter doesn't meet that standard, I'm actually okay with that as a justification because at least you have some legitimate explainer of that. So I could live with that. I'm still stuck on the booking Derek Jeter X's and boy, I think we have to pull that off. I mean, Minka Kelly, I don't know if you remember Minka Kelly, Ross, Minka Kelly is a first ballot hall of famer to me. And if we could get her on this program, it'd have to be on video because me like a me likey Minka Kelly. So she is beautiful. One of my favorite, uh, Definitely my number one power-rated, PFF-graded Derek Jeter X, a, a talented actress. But Google her. Uh, <laughs> Google Minka Kelly. I want to see if you agree with me on the number one PFF grade of Derek Jeter X's. Would you vote for Roger Clemens and for Barry Bonds, who barely moved the needle yesterday? Uh, right about that 60% threshold, they have to get to the 75% threshold, which... Larry Walker cleared by some six votes. Larry Walker's an absolute surefire, no doubt, Hall of Famer. We'll get into that later. But would you vote for Bonds and or Clemens? And do you think they're a package deal? Because John Heyman, who's coming up on this program, John Heyman only voted for one of the two. Can't wait to ask him why. Um, so this is a tough one for me because I don't really like cheaters in fact i really don't like cheaters but they weren't even testing for it back then right that is correct so was it even illegal i mean they weren't even testing so it, it was illegal but they weren't testing i i, I mean that was so long ago i forget they had no question what they were doing was cheating the game, though, right? Those guys knew, when, whether it was a needle or however they... Yeah, Clemens, we do know it was a needle. Uh, they knew they were cheating the game. They knew they were lacking integrity. Now, maybe whoa, their justification whoa, whoa, was whoa, Dave, everyone's Dave, doing that. Dave, that yeah. trainer, Roger Clemens' trainer, did not inject him with HGH or whatever. That was his wife in the bedroom, okay? <laughs> you need to get your facts straight, bro. He never, he never once gave it to Roger Clemens. He just came over with the roids, and it was for Clemens' wife. That you, you're, you're totally missing the facts here. That, that to me, that's worse. <laughs> oh, man, that, that cracked me up. I actually, for some reason, Dave, 
I detest cheating, but the blatant lying cracks me up. <laughs> like, like I yeah. totally detest cheaters, but like the hilarious lying, like Lance Armstrong or Raphael Palmero, I did not cheat. Never. Like, and then he gets busted like two weeks later. Like, I don't know why, but that just cracks me up. Um, I would not vote for him. You know why? Because screw him. That's why. Because they're cheaters. And I got to vote, and I can keep them out. What I don't like about it, though, is how do you know Larry Walker didn't use roids? Like, how do, you, how do you know Derek Jeter didn't? That's the thing I don't like is, you know, you don't know these other guys, even if they've never been implicated. You don't know whether or not they took something or not. Yeah, and that, I think, is the ultimate difficult question. And if I'm a voter, I've evolved on this because I was hell no, 100% no uh, for the first several years. But as these guys get closer, and they only have two strikes left, two years left on the ballot, I have to say to myself, ultimately, is Roger Clemens, and this is just one man's opinion, but if I'm a writer, that's how it works. Is Roger Clemens one of the greatest pitchers who ever walked this earth with or without steroids? And my answer is yes. Now, again... That's just my opinion. I could be incorrect. We don't know exactly when it started, nor when it stopped. And I say the same thing with Barry Bonds. Was he one of the greatest baseball players in the history of this game, with or without steroids? My answer again is absolutely yes. I hate that they cheated, but until we have clear answers of who did it and who did not, to your point, I think both guys will get into the Hall of Fame in particular next year, because it's not a great ballot next year. Not a lot of great names come on. Two years is going to get very interesting because A-Rod pops on, as does Big Poppy, and those two, we absolutely know uh, their use. And I think the question is, for the writers, is about what you said and honesty. I think if you were honest about it, if you're Andy Pettit, people got over it. If you're, if you're David Ortiz and you're one of the most likable athletes in the history of the game and always dealt with the media with class, I think the writers are just fine with it. And that's where you bring in guys like Kurt Schilling. Is he not getting in the Hall of Fame because of his attitude? But before we move on to that, I want to hear from our friend Joe Shasky, 95-7 the game in the Bay Area. Of course, Barry Bonds steroid-using years clearly were with the San Francisco Giants. Here's what Chasky says about Bonds' Hall of Fame future or lack thereof. I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm not even. I'm not even outraged. It's it, this is what it's at. Larry Walker, great player, 300 and something home runs. I mean, that was Barry Bonds' career before he even stepped into a San Francisco Giant uniform for crying out loud. Right. Uh, Connect the dots here. How is there any logic on any of these ballots whatsoever? There's it's, not. It's selective jurisprudence based off who they like. And right. when I mean they, I mean the media. Sure. If they like this guy, they're in. Great example. And the case study is going to be David Ortiz. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And everyone knows he did steroids. And you know what? Who cares? He should be in the Hall of Fame. Right. You can't write the history of the game without including these characters. Bonds, Clemens, whomever. And that, to me, that's my, if I was going to say, what's my algorithm for who deserves to be in and who mm -hmm. doesn't is, can I write the history of the game sure. without including you? I agree. That's, the, that's, I think, a reasonable standard. And I think a lot of sports fans feel that way. I know I do. 
Well said. Joe Shasky, 95-7 the game in the Bay Area. What do you make of his characterization? And is it problematic that baseball writers, and you tell me about football writers, I haven't looked as closely at this, did they take into account how they were treated by said player during and or after their times playing the game? I don't know how you wouldn't, right? Like Even if they say they don't, somewhere subconsciously, you can't help it. Like, I think some people are overt about it, and it's a very conscious decision that they didn't like a guy, and they're not going to vote for him. But I think even the ones that say, that's not a factor for me, like deep, deep in the back of their brain, deep somewhere, they just, it, it, there's, part, there's something there, they don't want to vote for him, and it's because they don't like him, even if they don't want to admit it. Look, we all have our prejudices based on whether we like someone or not, based on how that person treated us. And guess what? Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, anybody in these situations, they had a decision to make in terms of whether or not they cheated and in terms of whether how are they treated people, right? So I don't really feel bad for them. They both decided to cheat. They wanted the glory. They wanted to keep playing. They wanted the home run record. They would have made the Hall of Fame anyway. They decided that wasn't enough. They wanted more. Now they're paying the consequences. Doesn't bother me that much. Also, Bonds, I think, generally was a jerk. People don't want to vote for him. I, I don't know him, but I'm okay with that too. You don't want to vote for a guy because you think he's a jerk? All right. I'm fine with that. Don't be a jerk to people. Let that be a lesson. Don't be a jerk to people. They might come back to haunt you. Hmm. I agree with what you're saying there as for the sentiment of it, but as for a Hall of Fame characteristic, I wish personality had absolutely nothing to do with it. Look, I covered Kurt Schilling during my days in Boston. I struggled with it each and every day. Really did not like dealing with this guy. Okay, I hated it. Would I Why? vote for him as a Hall of Famer? He was just a jerk to me. He had one or two, maybe three guys that he liked and he dealt with and he gave good interviews and sound bites and the rest of us he did not. And he was a jerk. He was a jerk just about every time I asked him a question, whether it was a smart or a bad question. But I don't care. My point is I'd still vote for him for the Hall of Fame because I think he's one of the great gamers in the history of our game, in particular in those moments that counted in the postseason. That's why Kurt Schilling's a Hall of Famer. Well, and I as for the you political speech, your exes. I thought you cheer against your exes. You want them to have bad ratings and stuff. Isn't that on some line with Kurt Schilling? Like he was a jerk to no. you. You would have he's some power ex. over him. You know what I mean? Sure. He's not my ex. I, I see what you're talking about in terms of my bitterness, my pettiness, my smallness. I guess it does not extend to my responsibility as a baseball Hall of Fame voter. Th those are different things. Like what I root for, what I cheer for, what I want is different than my responsibility as a baseball writer to vote in the best players in the game in their generation. So you have to separate your your instincts, your you know your guttural, visceral opinions as a fan or as a professional. You have a responsibility as a writer to vote in the best players of their generation. John Heyman is a voter. He's an MLB.com, uh, MLB Network analyst as well, and a Radio.com baseball insider. He joins us next for his rationalization on why one of the two 
Bonds or Clemens gets in. And why the hell did he not vote for Larry Walker, who wore a SpongeBob shirt yesterday on national television? Back with John after a quick break. Zip Recruiter, they send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. And I just kind of like to say, Zip Recruiter, because they've got powerful matching technology. Zip Recruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As the application comes in, Zip Recruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates. So you never miss a great match. Zip Recruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners can try Zip Recruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Can you be happy with an ex having success, whether that's in a relationship, a job, or as a sports fan? Can you root for Andy Reid if you're in Philly? Can you root for Jimmy Garoppolo if you're in New England? We'll continue to break down that discussion. And also baseball. Who did not vote? For Derek Jeter, why is he not a unanimous Hall of Famer? Are Bonds and Clemens ever going to make the nod? It's a hump day home and home. Radio.com Sports Original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter the smartest way to hire the guy we have hired as a Radio.com baseball analyst, MLB network analyst as well. John Heyman, he has a Hall of Eight and joins a Hall of Fame vote. He joins us on the program. John, thank you for your time. It's Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Uh, Derek Jeter, one vote shy of joining Mariano as unanimous. Should these votes be public? What should be done with that one dude if we ever figure out who it is? What should be done with that writer? Uh, well, I can tell you it wasn't me. I voted for Jeter. I don't know who it was. I would like all the votes to be public. Um, you know, it seems to be the opposite of what you think as a journalist, and the voters are journalists, and uh, they, you think they'd want uh, full disclosure and explanations and all that. Um, I certainly give mine, and I think more than half the voters do at this point. But, uh, you know, if I didn't vote for Derek Jeter, maybe I'd want to be private, too. I mean, there's no there's no good reason not to vote for Derek Jeter. I guess you could say, well, Tom Seaver, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, they all should have been unanimous as well so no big deal and that is true but uh i am curious as well as to what the reasoning was more more about the reasoning than the person it's hard to believe yeah that was going to be my question john do you think it's someone that's just such a big fan of either mariano rivera or one of those other guys that you mentioned and didn't feel like jeter was deserving of of joining rivera on the unanimous mantle (laughs) I, I don't know. I, I hope that wasn't it. That that would make no sense to me. If you think someone deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, you should vote for them. You're not obligated to vote for 10. I didn't this year. I had uh, in the previous uh, four or five elections. But the, the, the ballot opened up. Uh, we had four guys get in last year, so uh, it was pretty wide open. I mean, I know that uh, one excuse has been in the past. Someone wants to game the system and say, I want to see Bobby Abreu keep 
stay on that ballot. I'm going to give him a vote. That'll be my 10th vote. And uh, Peter, something like that could happen. I don't know. I'd love to hear the explanation. But because as I looked at that ballot, there was one obvious candidate who you simply had to vote for, and that was Peter. I thought there were 15 other good candidates. Uh, they were either arguable or borderline, whatever you want to call them. I didn't think anybody else was a, an iconic figure, an all-time great, who you had to vote for. Um, but you absolutely had to vote for Derek Jeter. So I'm, I am very curious as to what happened here. Talking to Hall of Fame voter John Heyman, MLB Network, Radio.com, Baseball Insider. I thought there was another obvious choice, but then again, John, I'm from Colorado. I think without a doubt, Larry Walker is a Hall of Fame. Couldn't be happier that your ballot was wrong in that regard. How do you think Larry Walker is not a Hall of Famer? 313 career header. Uh, best OPS in the history of the game as far as a right fielder and 15th all-time in that category. Well, uh, I think it was either 2014 or 15, so only five or six years ago where he got 10% of the vote. So 90% of the people agreed with me at that point. And I don't remember any outcry from anybody. There might have been some, but uh, it was pretty muffled if there was. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the Internet, uh, the people who are stat people um, and and. They have good points. They have fair points, and it's an arguable case. Um, convinced the other 66% to uh, go ahead and change their mind. I, I know in the past we were criticized for changing our minds because a uh, guy's career didn't change, and I rarely have changed my mind. Sometimes on that last year I give a guy a vote who I hadn't voted for, and I certainly considered this uh, long and hard and uh, ultimately decided uh, – that uh, he wasn't one of my top five, and uh, so I didn't vote for him. Um, you know, I thought it was uh, interesting to see him go from 10 to 76, and uh, certainly if you get three-quarters of a vote, you know, I think it's fair to say you're deserving and you're in. So I have nothing against it. I'm happy for him. Um, uh, my issue was the availability more than anything else. Um, mm. You know, I understand he had a very high war, Um great all-around player, but uh, I think there was only one year in which he played 145 or more games. I know that he was involved with two strikes shortened years, so there could have been three there eventually, but uh, you know, I think the availability is huge, and uh, you know, if you're not playing, then you, uh, particularly in those years where they weren't, wasn't such emphasis on the bench, it it was usually somebody who was not nearly as good as him who was playing, so um, you know, I, I go by impact, I I didn't see, uh, you know, he didn't have a signature moment, uh, did not have the impact that I thought should be a Hall of Famer. But right. I'm fine with it. It's good. I'm, congratulations <laughs> to him. All right. He's an MVP, two-time batting champ, 565 OPS, but I'll rest my case. We can all agree he wore a Hall of Fame-worthy shirt on MLB Network, SpongeBob SquarePants all over his shirt on the moment he gets into the hall. Talking to John Heyman, MLBNetworkRadio.com, Baseball Insider. I thought your ballot was very interesting in that you voted for Barry Bonds, but not Roger Clemens. Can you explain that process? Yeah, I generally do not vote for the steroid guys. I do believe that one Bonds, the narrative for Bonds, that he he was a Hall of Famer when he started taking the steroids. Um, Since there's kind of a line of demarcation where he goes from just a fantastic all-around player to Babe Ruth. And you can kind of tell when he started taking the steroids. So I thought he was a Hall of Famer at that point. 
I, I had a tougher time making that case for Clemens. I'm not sure what to believe with him. I do believe he perjured himself, even if he was found not guilty in the trial. Um, and so I, I, I just don't know what to believe with Clemens. And I generally do not vote for the steroid guys. They've already made a lot more money than they would have ordinarily. They made uh, got many more awards in some cases. And uh, I, I am conflicted on bonds. And uh, I, I didn't originally vote for him. And I changed and vote for him just because of the narrative that uh, he, he was not a steroid bullet taker until uh, Sosa and McGuire passed him. So that's how I differentiate. And I understand that they're very close, but every case to me is an individual case. So I look at everything individually. John, what I think is interesting about that is, like, how do you know Larry Walker never took steroids? I guess that's yeah, about we don't, we, you didn't, right. you didn't gonna, vote for him. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know, but I'm going to presume uh, with no evidence that he that he is clean. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly not going to presume something negative about somebody. Uh, I uh, the players with no evidence against, I uh, take as clean and just go by their exploits and uh, their accolades and their career. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, the not only the majority, the three quarter majority uh, felt he's a Hall of Famer. So uh, that's good enough for me. So then, so just so I know, John, the uh, the hall doesn't say anything in terms of the steroid guys. It's really just up to the individual voters to say whether or not they they want to vote for the guys that have been implicated with steroid use. That's correct. It's all up to the voters, and that's why you see such a wide disparity of the way people handle it. Some people just vote uh, for. Uh, vote, vote against the guys who had a failed test and do vote for the other steroid guys. Some vote for no steroids, some, and many more are now just not weighing in at all. And uh, you know, I think, I think it's a, a matter of, not of morality really, but of authenticity. How authentic was somebody's career? And there is a character clause, so uh, it does play into it. Uh, so I'm generally uh, against the ster- honoring the steroid guys. I I know there are some people who say, well, there are steroid guys already in, so uh, I'm going to uh, vote for the, these steroid guys now. And I, I find that funny, particularly if you voted for those guys you knew were steroid guys, just didn't have the proof. And now you're saying, well, I I knew it, but I voted for them anyway, and now they're in. So now I'm going to vote, now I'm changing and voting for the uh, the ones that we know took steroids. Uh, you know, I, I find that odd. Some people are going to find my ballot odd. The way I look at this ballot, mm-hmm. you had to vote for Derek Jeter. There are 15 other guys you can make a case for, uh, for or against. Uh, they were either borderline, again, not pejorative, but if you're borderline Hall of Famer, you're still a great player. Either borderline or a great player such as Bonds, Clemens, and Sosa, but had that steroid taint. So uh, there was one guy you absolutely had to vote for, and uh, that was Jeter. The other ones, I think, were all arguable to a degree. You talk about character, and no steroid allegations with Kurt Schilling, but certainly character issues after he stepped away from the game. And you did vote for Kurt Schilling. We're talking to John Heyman, MLB Network, Radio.com, Baseball Insider. Uh, Kurt does not get in, but you did vote for him. Uh, An interesting piece on Yahoo Sports this morning says, every vote that pushes Schilling close to induction is complicit in both normalizing and rewarding his reprehensible behavior. Some very controversial political uh, statements after baseball for Kurt Schilling. One, why did you vote for him? 11-2 all-time postseason, three World Series rings, and one World Series MVP. And do you think his post-baseball character 
is the reason he's not and may not get in. Yeah, I'm going to guess whoever wrote that I didn't see that may not be a voter. I do think the voters um, generally have a different standard for the character. I mean, you might say mine is low. I don't know, but I, I vote for Kurt Schilling uh, as a whole. So there's one year I did not. That was the year that he did the tweet with the rope and the seeming a seeming threat or, or wish that uh, journalists uh, be hung. Uh, I deferred that vote, but uh, promised to vote again in future years for Schilling. And um, if everybody voted like me, he would have gotten in with 100 percent of the vote uh, every year but one that he was on. I, I, I think the, I, I do look at the character issue. Uh, I do find his views and behavior reprehensible. But uh, for me, the bar is low. I mean, if it's O.J. Simpson, yeah, I'm not going to vote for him. His character is too low for me. But uh, if it's just somebody with some wacky opinions of things, uh, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to hold that against them. So, and I, I think very few writers do. He does get 70 percent of the vote, and uh, it's very hard to get that high of percent. And uh, I would say that of the 30 percent he doesn't get, I would posit that almost all of them are because his career num totals are not that spectacular for a Hall of Famer. I I, I think you could make a case against him. Uh, just based on the merits. I, I wouldn't make that case because, as I said earlier, when we talk about Walker, I vote on impact. Kurt Schilling had a major impact. You, you could not write the story of the last 25 years of baseball without mentioning Kurt Schilling many times. He was a big player, huge, in the two championships and pretty big in the third as well. So, uh, to me, he had a huge impact. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, well, I don't agree with his positions. I don't love his behavior. I don't consider that, and I think very few do. He's getting 70 percent of the vote, after all. Uh, John, speaking of character, uh, I got to ask you. I'm I'm fascinated by the whole Astros, Red Sox cheating thing. I have not yet seen your position on any of the players involved whether or not you think that they will and or should face any sort of discipline. Yeah, well, they're not going to face discipline because the reports already come out and uh, Commissioner Manfred handed out his discipline and uh, that was a year-long suspension for uh, Luno and uh, and Hinch uh, with the Astros plus the loss of the draft choices and the $5 million fine. So uh, I think he was appropriately tough. He said he was going to be tough after the Apple Watch incident in 2017, he made it clear that uh, he management uh, better not uh, be party to any of this. And uh, when they were, he uh, punished uh, pretty severely. Um, that said, uh, you know, I understand why none of the players were punished. I get it. Um, I get why the owner wasn't really punished. $5 million is a drop in the bucket for an owner. I don't consider that a, a major punishment. Um, you know, the evidence wasn't that clear perhaps for the owner and the players to get them to talk and uh, you, the, the union would not let them talk unless they had uh, the immunity. So uh, that's why they were not punished. That doesn't mean they were absolved. Mm -hmm. And that goes for coaches on that staff. I've seen some coaches come out and say, uh, suggest that they were absolved. Uh, that's not right. They were just not punished. Um, so it, it, the punishment ended up being uneven. I don't think that was Commissioner Manfred's fault. I think he had to give the immunity to the players uh, to get to the bottom of it. He did get to the bottom of it, and uh, he appropriately gave out some uh, stiff penalties. I would like to see the players 
uh, really apologize and show some, some contrition for what's gone on here because uh, they're still making their big salaries. And uh, A.J. Hinch and now Alex Cora and uh, uh, Jeff Luno have to wonder what's going to happen with their careers. I happen to think that uh, Hinch will land on his feet, and uh, I think Cora probably will too. But uh, I think the players owe uh, – because we, we do believe this was player-driven. They owe some big apologies to these men, and uh, I have not seen it from them so far. None. We did not see any in the case of Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve the other day. Very unfortunate, the lack of accountability for the players who are grown men. This is not college sports. A good point. John Heyman with us, MLB Network, Radio.com, Baseball Insider. Pedro Martinez, a Hall of Famer, weighed in yesterday and said – what happens in the clubhouse should stay in the clubhouse. Again, finding fault with the whistleblower here, Mike Fires, which has been pretty consistently the opinion. I think that's uh, just awful that that continues to be the opinion. Fires was the only guy, in my estimation, that had any integrity in this situation. What do you make of Pedro's opinion there? And did MLB really find out about this cheating scandal, courtesy a column in The Athletic? Are they that pathetic that they did not have an understanding of what was going on? I find that really hard to believe. Well, I mean, I think the rumors were out there, but I think that the investigation began when Mike Fires opened up to the athletic and, uh, as you said, uh, showed integrity. I think he also showed guts because there were other guys who verified uh, what he saw and have not been named yet. Uh, so there are a few people who I think are heroes in this, but, you know, obviously Fire's the biggest one. Um, yeah, I mean, Pedro Martinez, great guy, fantastic announcer, but, you know, he has an opinion that a lot of ball players have, which is that whatever happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse. He's now in the media, so uh, he should realize he's in the media now, and that shouldn't be his opinion. So, uh, but, you know, once you're a ball player and a great ball player, it's probably hard to get that out of your system. I saw Jessica Mendoza. I uh, suggested the same thing. Of course, uh, she had a horse in the race, uh, being that uh, uh, she is a uh, worker with an employee with the Mets. Uh, you know, Pedro's not with the Red Sox anymore, I don't believe. So I don't think he really has a horse in the race, but he just go- subscribed to the old theory that whatever stay goes on in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think that's maybe true of Las Vegas, but not in the clubhouse. John, last one for me. Uh how bad is this for Major League Baseball? I, I just know sometimes I wonder if any publicity is good publicity. The NFL, I almost feel like, embraces controversy at times. And I'm wondering if this is really that bad for baseball that everybody's talking about it so much. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I guess there's some good, some bad. It's a double-edged sword. I would say overall it's not good. I don't think it's great to have the 2000 and 17 World Series championship uh, tainted to any degree, and perhaps 2018 as well. We will soon find out. Um, you know, I think the MLB did a good job coming down and uh, giving out some stiff penalties, and hopefully this will discourage anybody from doing it in the future. And obviously, yeah, people are talking about it, but there's a lot of talk in the offseason about Major League Baseball between the free agents. Uh, that are signed. Uh, that was some happy talk. And we had the Hall of Fame yesterday, which was happy talk, particularly for you from Colorado. That was a plus. And uh, <laughs> to me, this is mostly negative. But uh, hopefully that the tough decision means that we won't have to go through this again. 
not happy talk for this Rockies fan before we go is all this about Nolan Arenado, the, the greatest third baseman in the game today. Where is he next year? <laughs> well, uh, it's not good for the Rockies. Uh, you're right about that. Uh, they're already in a tough spot uh, having to trade, try to trade. Uh, I don't know if they, would, they have to trade, but they had to at least put on a show that they were trying to trade because he was clearly unhappy. And, and that now it's, it's explained why they were shopping uh, such a great player on such a long-term deal. And uh, it's bad for the Rockies. Uh, trade value uh, was going to be tough anyway because he's got a huge contract. Um, plus, he's got a no trade, and he's got an opt-out in two years. We just saw Rendon sign for similar money as a free agent. Uh, the Angels only gave up a draft choice. So why should a team give up three, four great prospects to take on a similar contract, particularly with a guy who's got an opt-out? You're going to have to – do something to satisfy that opt-out. I think the no-trade clause, that might be solved easily because he's probably pretty clearly wanting to get out. So uh, uh, you got that. But it's uh, the fact that it's now become public, and I don't blame Nolan Arenado. He's frustrated. He, when he yeah. signed that deal, they assured him they were going to try to win. They obviously have not done that. And But now uh, the team is in a very particular bind because what do you do? Everybody knows that they really need to trade him at some point here before the two years are up. It is a bumbling, stumbling organization that I root for. And the second he signed that contract, <laughs> I, I felt like there was it was inevitable that they could not afford it a year or two later. Everyone in Rocky's universe saw this coming. It's really unfortunate the way it has ended. And uh, just pathetic handling by, by my team. John Heyman, we really appreciate the time on a Wednesday here on Home and Home. Follow John Heyman. Check him out on MLB Network and here on Radio.com. Appreciate the time, man. All right. Good talking to you. Good luck to your Rockies. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need luck. We're going to need an awful lot more than that. Uh, real quickly, before we move back to the football conversation on the X's having success, Ross, do you find it interesting that John voted for Bonds but not for Clemens? And do you understand the rationalization there? I think they have to be a package deal if you are a voter. You have to view them through the same spectrum. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with you. I, I thought John's huh. logic. Uh, now I. I. I do think it's. I, I do think, I would either be, you're, you're a steroid guy or you're not. And if you're a steroid yeah. guy, I'm not voting for you. His logic though of Bonds was a Hall of Famer, before the roid, sort of the Joe Shasky, Barry Bonds was better than Larry Walker before he started taking roids. I can see that. It's not how I would argue it. 
I'd be like, screw him. I'm not voting for him. He took roids. His head went like three sizes bigger. I'm not voting for him. But I can understand the Shasky argument and the Heyman argument as it relates to Bond. My question is, how do you know when Clemens did or not? And wasn't he already a Hall of Famer before he started? So, like, for all the steroid stuff, what I don't like about it is, how do you know some of these other guys didn't take it? And how do you know when Clemens started taking it or not? Yeah, I agree. That's an excellent characterization. And I, and I think you have to just guess. You have to use your gut and your intuition about were these guys Hall of Famers with or without steroids. And again, my estimation is Clemens and Bonds, two of the all-time greats. Certainly Bonds was a better player than was Clemens in relation. He was one of the great 5 tool guys in the history of the game before the massive bulging that happened with him with the Giants. But this debate will continue. I think they both get in next season. We have asked you, can you root for your ex to succeed? Whether it's someone that may have dumped you, someone that may have fired you, or in the case, someone that may have left your team. It seems like Philly, for the most part, can root for Andy Reid to win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs this year. It seems like, for the most part, New England can root for Jimmy Garoppolo. They've been to two Super Bowls. Tom Brady's won one. What about Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett fired as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys or let his contract expire. And now he's the offensive coordinator at the New York Giants. Do you think Dallas fans can root for him to succeed? I say no, but I don't understand the hire, quite frankly. I've heard a lot of people that say, why would Jason Garrett do this? If I'm the Giants, why do I do this? I know he hasn't called play since 2012, But look at what that offense did under his watch. They were up. They were down. They couldn't quite figure out, were they a running team? Were they a passing game? I thought that offense has just been kind of wavering the last season or two. What do you make of all that? Well, I mean, he was was a good offensive coordinator when he was the Cowboys' offensive coordinator. I mean, if you go back to, like, the 2007 season, they Mm. lit up the NFL, and then they had that disappointing loss in the divisional round to the Giants, but, you know, he had a lot of success as a coordinator. I also think that the Mara family has a lot of respect for him and the way he goes about things. And I think if you're Joe Judge, the greatest value in Jason Garrett isn't just him calling the plays or coordinating, but it's all of the experience he has as a head coach, as a recent head coach, as a recent head coach in that division. I mean, think about just when the Giants play the Cowboys twice and the institutional knowledge that Jason Garrett will have for everybody in the Giants organization about the Cowboys for those two games. He's also been intimately involved with the Eagles and the Redskins, the game plans for that. But Joe Judge has never even been an offensive or defensive coordinator. He's a special teams coordinator. So he can lean on Jason Garrett. How should I handle this, Jason? You know, what mistakes do I want to avoid? What did you do that worked out well? And let's not forget, he was out of contract, okay? He's not one of these fired coaches that's going to be collecting five, six, seven million dollars this year. He's getting zero dollars. I mean, he's getting no more money after January 14th. I'm sure the Giants are paying him over a million bucks to be the offensive coordinator. Probably gets to live, hang out in New York a lot. Um, being in in that area, good organization, star running back, good young quarterback to work with that seems like a good guy in Daniel Jones. I think it sounds like a pretty awesome job, actually. 
No, I agree with you there. I would absolutely take that job. I certainly get it. I just don't understand if you're trying to evolve in the game today. I'm not so sure Jason Garrett is the one that I want to root for. Can they root for him in Dallas? Before we go quickly, the opinions of our friends at 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. I'm trying to describe the feeling. It wasn't regret, but it was, uh, I was like, I felt a little connected to Jason. Like, it's weird. It's weird. It's definitely weird. It's weird hearing him as the enemy. It's weird hearing him talking about helping out someone else. It definitely is. Now, I didn't have one second of regret over it. I wasn't like, hmm, is he he talking about X's and O's? And should we be worried that clearly Joe Judge got the support and endorsement of Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. And there's no doubt that he said, hey, Belichick, what do you think about Jason? So I, I look at it, Kevin, and I think to myself, if, if now that Jason Garrett's gone, I feel like there's that hope again. And I never, I didn't feel it with Jason, with Jason Garrett because every year it was a different thing that became the problem. If Jason Garrett went on to, to coach this year, to coach, the, to offensive coordinate the, the New York Giants to a Super Bowl, after what we went through as, as teams, would you be upset about that? I would definitely be upset because I hate the idea of the Giants, and I believe that would be Super Bowl five for the Giants. So they would now be tied with the Cowboys. So that's infuriating. And for Garrett, you know, there's all this thought on his way out the door as well. Maybe he was undercut by the Joneses, not backing him up, not giving him authority to blah, 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 blah. And so if he did his thing up in New York, maybe there's some credence to that. So... I hate the idea of the Giants and Astros winning titles, but I am very intrigued by the idea that these gentlemen succeeded on their own terms by doing what they wanted when we wouldn't allow it here. For Garrett, I'm just like, eh, I'm not really concerned about what you're going to do. So the 10 years that you spent with Jason Garrett, you were never attached. No. Okay. And Shifty, same thing for you? That's his own fault, too. He never gave us the chance to be attached. That's a really good point. Yeah, uh, like that's the re- the the fact that during his interviews, during his press conferences, there was nothing that made me emotionally attached to him. And we close with the radio.com red zone. Our friends at 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, always available on the radio.com app. As are we. Please check us out on iTunes as well. A little review, a little subscribe button would certainly help and follow us at RDC Home and Home. Tomorrow, we'll talk about Zion Day. That's today. Zion Williamson makes his debut tonight for New Orleans It should be interesting in the NBA. Also, Nick Costos, you better you bet, joining us. A lot to get to on a Thursday. Thanks for being here. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. It's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.